Welcome to another episode of Freight to the Point. This week, we're featuring another Navigate session, which we recorded this February. The session we're featuring is Don't Forget About Sustainability, It's Not Going Away, with Charlotte Pumford, Head of Sustainability and Regenerative Impact at Vivo Barefoot. Vivo Barefoot is a UK-based footwear company with a focus on providing high-quality footwear with minimal impact on people and the planet. In this session, we explored the practical implementation of sustainable practices and how businesses can go beyond and generate regenerative impact. So Vivo Barefoot focuses a lot on its regenerative impact in the business uh, and your value chain. Could you give the audience just an overview of what that is and what that actually means? Yeah, sure. So we use slightly different terminology, I believe, to most players and most organisations across our industry. For us, when we talk about regeneration and regenerative impact, you know, sustainability is no longer enough. And that's truly at the heart of what we believe as an organisation in terms of sustaining what we already have with a lot of the environmental degradation and damage that we have on a global aspect with obviously climate change ever increasing in terms of impacts. Um, sustainability is no longer an option for us, we believe at Vivo Barefoot. And so we are on a journey and on a mission towards true regenerative impact. And that really means looking at the impact that we've caused and trying our best to renew and restore and repair the negative impacts that we've made and try and maximise on positive impact as far as we possibly can. And we know that we're a smaller organisation in comparison to lots of the organisations that we share space with across the industry. And so for us, it's super important to be able to collaborate. And collaboration is a huge aspect of regeneration and us getting to that, that stage in the future. And then when we talk about value chain, essentially, I think most people would know that as a supply chain. For us, we believe that a value chain is one which is collaborative. It's one which is adding value at every stage. Traditionally, especially in our industry around apparel and footwear, supply chains are very one-way transactional. But we want to be fostering kind of supportive, collaborative, long-lasting partnerships across our value chain, which really do you know, benefit every single person and every single organization along the way from kind of start to finish. Oh, that's great, Sean. Thanks a lot. And sustainability, having been a kind of steady drumbeat in, in kind of culture and governments and with kind of campaigns over the last decades, as someone who, you know, you've worked in the sustainability field within various companies, how has this been re- reflected on the business side? Yeah, I think in various different guises, really, with various different levels of urgency and attention and strategy and and resource and focus, I think I've been quite fortunate especially in Vivo Barefoot, where sustainability is absolutely fundamental to our business model. Back kind of beyond 10 years ago, when the organization was founded, our our founders were absolutely set on on integrating sustainability across every aspect of organizations. I think that was quite niche at that time, and maybe not representative of everyone across the industry. In terms of for larger organisations, I think there's often reputational risk and and a lot being asked. And and, and often in terms of legislation, they're obviously the first that are legislated against. And so there are more drivers around legislation for larger organisations and sustainability than there are for smaller ones currently. 
Um, do I think there should be a level playing field? Absolutely. But in terms of kind of, as we've seen it, I mean, I think ever increasing, not pressures, but I think raising awareness from customers, from NGOs and charitable organisations. And of course, obviously, the impacts that we're already seeing from climate change are only ever kind of increasing awareness. And that's kind of built momentum up to your point about a steady drumbeat over the past kind of 10 years. Okay, that's great. And, and and yourself as a board observer, Charlotte, how how do you see boards treating sustainability when it comes to linking kind of strategic objectives and outcomes and reporting and really kind of cementing the, the, the business, the business future? Yeah, I think it's imperative, really. I think boards often innately and historically have been very much commercially driven. And to have someone even just observing, but is able to kind of give opinion and give thought to strategic decision making and how the business moves forward, especially for Viva Barefoot as a growing business, it's really, really important for us, you know, and for the decisions that I, I'm a part of on the board at Vivo, we use our B Corp certification as one of kind of our cornerstones and our frameworks for how we want to continuously improve. And there's a huge aspect and a huge amount of information there that we take from in terms of looking for continuous improvement around governance and around how we structure the board itself, how we make decisions, obviously, for the longer and shorter term for the business, and really making sure that in all of the decisions that we're making, you know, sustainability and hopefully one day regeneration and impact does play a part in those decisions and is absolutely considered. Okay, that's great. So, so, so that that kind of brings about a bit of an interesting question around that, that kind of practical implementation of sustainable practices. So as a B Corp, Vivo, kind of you've decided to be a sustainable business, right? More, more broadly, a, a regenerative business. But how do you see that that reflects in the way that you approach your value chain? Yeah, good question. Yeah. So I think for us, what drew us and kind of attracted us to B Corp initially was that the fact that it's so holistic. A lot of frameworks out there across the industry for sustainability are very much maybe one or two aspects focused on, on, on various things rather than it being the whole business model and change and an opportunity to change and the way that you operate as a business entirely. And so across the pillars of, of, of the B Corp impact assessment, there's various aspects around environment, around customers, around community, workers and governance that we draw from to, to work with our value chain partners. And I think to the earlier point that I mentioned in terms of kind of making sure that we're not just having transactional one-way relationships with our value chain partners, you know, governance aspects of B Corp really try to build on having trustful relationships and honest relationships and building trust outside of just a transactional relationship, which we've historically seen across the industry. It looks at, you know, where we are sourcing materials from. It looks at how much we're paying our partners. It looks at how much they're being paid through, obviously, through our, our third party partners. And it really looks holistically at kind of human rights and, and, and obviously our environmental impact as a whole. And it gives us a framework, as I mentioned, for continuous improvement into the future. We certified back in 2019. We're due to do another recertification this year after three years. And as a part of that, you know, we've used the framework over that period of time to, to look for improvements and to really set the business strategy as a whole in terms of where we want to be in September, but also for the next kind of, you know, three to six years. Okay, that's great. I mean, obviously, I can concur that from the relationship that we have between Viva and Zencargo, right? So looking at businesses then that are yet to implement any sort of robust carbon tracking, 
and don't know yet what kind of improvements are available from that. Could you kind of give us an overview of, of, of whilst working with Zen Cargo and Pledge, what key improvements you've seen from, from the, what we've implemented? And are there anything that surprised you within that working group and the outcomes of that working group? Yeah, sure. I think what I'd say is we're very much still in the early stages of that and still in the early early stages of understanding what our impact is from scope three emissions. We want to make sure that we're looking at it holistically, so all environmental impact as a whole. But in terms of the work that we we worked on together as a collective, it was really important for us to be able to capture that data. Often it's really opaque across the industry and, and not very easily accessible. And so for us, just having access to that data and having access to a complete data set was was really, really amazing and something that we hadn't had before. And then we were able to work to analyze that, of course, and to look at what our baselines are for for both upstream and kind of downstream logistics. And so for us to be able to use that going forwards to set roadmaps to reduce our impact, it's you know paramount to be able to do that. So I think just collecting that data as an initial starting point and using that going forwards and making sure we're interacting with the platform going forwards is going to be crucial to be able to demonstrate how we're going to reduce impact now we know what the impact is. Yeah, that's great. And and previously you mentioned about implementing sustainable practices kind of beyond your immediate organization. So given how complex the modern supply chain is, right, and how many actors there are in that, how do you ensure that the different stakeholders within your value chain as such are adhering to your your, your sustainability values and sustainability objectives? Yeah, so that's, that's also a good question. So, and I mean, it's, you know, it's difficult in honesty. I think everyone finds it very challenging and the industry at whole has a long way to go. We very much focus on building transparent relationships with our partners. And we we run conferences on an annual and biannual basis with all of our value chain partners. You know, we're hell bent on getting as much transparency as we possibly can back to raw materials. And for that, that really is the, the first aspect of us being able to make sure and kind of, I guess, for the, to hold our partners to account, but also on the flip side for them to hold us to account to, to the targets and the kind of the ambitions that we have of becoming a regenerative business. So having very open and honest relationships and approaching partnership. I think this is the kind of key word here as well as we've talked about before. We can talk about the aspects of how we have contracts with people and stuff, but really at the end of the day, it's how we work day to day with with these these organizations and these people. And collaboration and partnership forms the absolute kind of bedrock of us being able to work into the future, work innovatively. So obviously kind of working with yourselves to be able to get the data that we didn't have before in, in a piece of innovation and just being able to very transparently work together in a way which you know not everything goes right all the time so being able to have discussions about things and work and build on things for continuous improvement is critical so I think in a nutshell to answer your question kind of collaboration getting the right data and building trust and building long-term partnerships and of course obviously the logistics of contractual obligations and that sort of stuff but we kind of see a lot beyond that. And talking about that data I mean from from what you did with us as Encargo and and the out the outcomes that we've we've essentially delivered how does that support you in communicating specific goals across your supply chain partners or your value chain and and, and setting out the sustainability kind of a roadmap there 
yeah, again, critical. It really supports the decisions, like to make well-informed decisions in terms of understanding what our impact is and, you know, having a look at the volumes that we're shipping, having a look at the types of product coming from where, the partners we're manufacturing with in the specific regions, all of those kind of key aspects of strategy moving forwards and, and looking at how we can reduce impact and, you know, consolidating, et cetera, is, is super important. I think it's only becoming even more important when you talk about anything externally that you have the due diligence and you have the data to back it up. There's obviously lots of aspects of people making various claims and targets. And, you know, we want to be doing that with meaningful information that backs up what we're saying. And so both externally, but also externally to our value chain partners, we're being open and honest about, you know, what our calculations look like, what the data looks like, and, you know, also involving them in the discussion and the the, the kind of round tables around how do we collectively reduce our impact here and, and getting people involved and making it again kind of that buzzword but as collaborative as possible okay. no, that's great thanks very much for that and then as, as a i suppose as a, a sustainability first business which you guys are and, and 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 kind of setting your store going forward and driving future improvements what does your roadmap look like and how are you essentially kind of um, improving your execution in the future from a kind of value chain perspective yeah and, and obviously how are you measuring it as well that's that's key yeah i think point one would be absolute transparency and trying to get as much visibility and transparency as we possibly can is fundamental and paramount to what we're trying to achieve. I think secondly, and the innovation around that, but B Corp continues to be the framework that we will utilize for continuous improvement and all of those touch points that were just up on the screen have impacts in various areas for collaboration with our partners. So we'll continue to use B Corp as we gain future transparency over the value chain and, and hopefully engaging and working to reduce impact from there. And I think really kind of lastly is having a real commitment and a real drive and real ambition internally to make change. I mean, we've discussed before, but this this, this isn't going away and it's going to be only kind of ever increasingly more important that businesses and organisations are able to adapt to a lot of the challenges that we kind of see coming and quite often probably those that we don't see coming. And so having kind of a commitment and buy-in and resource allocated internally alongside the frameworks and obviously the transparency and the collaboration is also, you know, super important for for us and every other organization, I believe, to, to make positive change. That's great. And then talk talking maybe just another question around B Corp and the framework. How how are you guys approaching your B Corp certification and, and, and how are you managing that as an organization to really measure that you're hitting those those kind of regenerative targets that you've set yourself? Yeah. So we have a cross-functional team of people across our organization who um, from every department who work on B Corp. So there's specific questions in the impact assessment related to their area of work. So we we have a cross-functional circle, which is led by my team, the regeneration team. And we, as I mentioned, we certified in 2019 and we kind of did a couple of years on our own in terms of obviously installing improvements and, you know, looking at what a roadmap could be for strategic improvements. 
We've done a series of self-assessments against improvement from the 2019 baseline that we have. And then we've done a series of a couple of third-party mock verifications, if you like, with a consultancy, just to check that we are actually doing what we say we're doing and we where we are where we believe we are in terms of improvements. And so I'd say it's a real kind of cross-functional effort across the business. Everyone is from the top down, legal board, executive, all the way down through the business is, is fully aligned and fully committed. We've changed people's job descriptions so that B Corp forms an aspect of their role specifically. And in terms of kind of just monitoring and measuring and having kind of, I would say, eyes on it all the time is, is the kind of key aspect here in terms of quite often it's easy to kind of get the certification and then leave it and then kind of scramble around at the end once you need to recertify again. But for us, we knew that it formed, again, the foundation of what our strategy is moving forward beyond sustainability. So it was imperative that we we keep looking at it all the time and we're engaging across the business all the time to see where we can make improvements. Okay, that's great. And interestingly, looking at the survey results from the beginning of this session, do you think that that the B Corp framework is a good starting point for organisations really to, to start to dabble with or start to, should we say, identify certain things that they can implement within their own businesses that might help them to achieve certain sustainability objectives and also longer term look at regenerative practices? Yeah, I do. Yes. I think it's one of the most holistic frameworks out there, which covers such a broad range of aspects across anyone's business model and beyond. And when I first started at Vivo Barefoot, we did a huge kind of recce of all of the different frameworks that are out there and to have a look at which ones we may or may not want to align to. And, and resoundingly, B Corp was the most inclusive and gave the kind of the best 360 picture of what an organisation could look like if they were to try and to B Corp's line balance profit with purpose. And so I would advise anyone really if they're just starting out and and trying to understand whether B Corp might be a good fit for them. It's free to download the impact assessment and have a look around. No obligation to do the certification and to just log in and make an account and even just use it from there in terms of the framework for improvement. So I'd definitely say yes. Awesome. That's great. Thank you very much. So I think we've got an opportunity for some Q&As now. We do have a couple that have come in. So let me just review those briefly. And then there's obviously a couple of that I might throw out to you, Charlotte, yep. if, if you don't mind. So maybe a first one, how rigorous is the B, B Corp certification process? And how did the tracking, fa- and how essentially, I think, how did you then track the factors associated to that? So it's quite rigorous. I think there's a series of kind of beyond 200 questions in terms of the impact assessment itself. The certification requires you to provide evidence for all of those questions within that that you are obviously saying that you're scoring points for and then it's kind of a two to three month process from from there in terms of getting an assessor and going through and going back and forth providing evidence as requested so the 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 assessment and the certification itself is quite rigorous in terms of tracking and in terms of I mean I can only talk to kind of from the data tracking and the the ability to track our improvements. I think B Corp itself gives you kind of a quantifiable metric of improvement because you can see the answers already laid out for you and the roadmap already laid out for you in terms of best practice. 
you can if you're kind of hitting the, the the lowest rung of the ladder you can see all of the questions and the parameters that you need to meet in future to kind of score top points if you like and obviously it's not all about the points but you can see you know where the aspects are for improvement so it's very easy to track using using the BIA and obviously that gives you a framework like the work that we did together for greenhouse gas emissions gives you a framework for being able to track and 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 I guess communicate the improvements that you've made around certain environmental impacts as well okay great thank you and then another question apart so this is i think this is more for for for, for me and you to answer jointly but apart from the obvious environmental benefits of tracking emissions have you seen that this drives other benefits in the business such as increased efficiency so i mean i can maybe talk around that more broadly from the kind of wider customer perspective so yeah. in terms of what other value initiatives can we drive as Zen Cargo on the back of measuring the sustainable your, your CO2 footprint is that we work with a lot of customers to drive other value projects. So, for example, we may look at projects to improve container utilisation and fill. Now, ultimately, at the end of the day, that reduces your overall number of transportations, which in essence can then contribute to a reduction in, in emissions footprint. We may also look at initiatives such as consolidation to look at origin consolidation and bio consolidation where we reduce the the obviously the overall number of shipments we look at consolidating shipments to optimize the loads etc so there are a number of initiatives we may look at should we say supporting our customers with not not only offsetting should we say initiatives but also insetting initiatives so using alternative fuels and buying alternative fuels to reduce emissions at source directly so there's a number of things that we can support with the zen cargo to to support our customers see additional reduction benefits in their footprint. And obviously that is also dependent on, you know, volume shipped as well and, and general growth. But part of the, our metrics that we deliver will, will measure that. So they measure, you know, your, they measure different efficiencies and so forth in your CO2 footprint. And then I suppose, Charlotte, from your side, how do you see that those, that reporting supports you guys to drive reduction? Yeah, so I think, as mentioned, I mean, we're still very early days. So in all honesty, we've we've just got the initial baseline from, from last year and we're working to collect the baseline and the data for, for moving forwards. And so I guess, Ian, to all of the points you've just spoken to, but I think particular for Vivo, insetting is fundamentally the way that we'd like to go. We have an internal impact fund that we utilize investment funding for various insetting projects around manufacturing specifically at the moment or community and partnerships. And I believe, you know, once we've got a full kind of two year set of data working with you guys that we'll be able to then figure out, you know, what are the best options here for, for efficiencies? You know, we're a small organization. Where can we place, you know, priority? Where can we get the most, you know, reduction in impact? And how can we potentially support in alignment of that with some of our other insetting opportunities and projects that we're funding? Great. And then another question's come in, and obviously we can both kind of pick up on this one, but the question says, can you speak to some of the actions or changes Vivo Barefoot had implemented as a result of tracking emissions? Yes, yeah, so I think one of the things that when we when we set out looking at this was one of the key things was to support decision-making criteria around mode of transport selection. And I know that a key focus area for you guys has been to look at air freight as a as a as a topic such and, and look at actually how can you reduce your overall air freight because that has a significant higher footprint and emissions than than ocean freight and i know that throughout the last 18 months or so that's been a real focus for you guys in terms of the decision criteria of do you ship stuff 
the air freight versus ocean freight. Obviously, there are other variables that contribute to that that overall decision. But this is where the data, to my understanding, has really contributed to help you guys make more, should we say, prudent business decisions. Yeah, absolutely. And I think off the back of this and and owing from, you know, a number of years of kind of uncertainty and various other kind of value chain challenges, we've we've seen, you know, the business has made a decision that we want to, you know, eliminate air freight altogether as far as we possibly can. And, you know, if there is a decision that's needed for a commercial aspect then you know those types of decisions now have to be signed off by the board and by the executive team they can't just be signed off and kind of go sea freight is fundamentally the primary method that we'll want to be utilizing and you know off the back of just looking at the data as you mentioned Ian I think it was obvious to see the the varying and the kind of very much increased level of impact between obviously the two methods and modes which we knew of but didn't quite weren't quite able to quantify before now that we had the data so that's great Charlotte and Always interesting to speak to you. You've got so many insights into the, the industry as, as, as a whole. And obviously B Corp is a real, you know, insightful area, I would say, not understood by many, but you certainly have, have it nailed down. So we'll wrap up here. Thank you very much for joining us. It's much appreciated. And uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Freight to the Point. We're hosting another Navigate event on the 22nd of June from 2pm BST. We'll be covering a wide range of topics from restocking to rates to sustainability. So sign up by following the link in the information section. And of course, don't forget to like and subscribe to our series on Spotify, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts if you enjoyed this episode. If you have any questions or feedback, please feel free to reach out to us on LinkedIn. We'd absolutely love to hear from you. For now, that's it. Thank you.